Climate Law Matters, interview with Rachel O'Connor, Insect Protein for Animal Feed. Hello, listener, and welcome back to our podcast, Climate Law Matters, in which we explore the legal developments across different sectors to address the key issue of climate change. I am Steph David, a barrister at 39 Ethics Chambers, specialising in environmental and climate change cases. Today, I'm joined by Rachel O'Connor, a partner in the agriculture team at Mitchell Moores, specialising in sustainable agricultural practices such as insects as feed and food. Um, Rachel led a team of lawyers advising on the legal aspects of the World Wildlife Fund's roadmap to accelerating insect protein in UK feeds. Rachel, thank you very much for joining me. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. So my first question is, how did you develop expertise in insect farming and the use of insect protein in animal feed? It's rather niche. It is a bit niche. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think I have always had an interest in insects. I was raised by an entomologist. So that probably explains why I was always quite interested in what was happening in that field. Interested slash always subjected to lots of discussions about it. And my dad has been spearheading the edible insect cause for human consumption for decades. So the idea of humans consuming insects and that they were a fantastic source of protein was certainly not a novel concept to me growing up. But as an agricultural lawyer with a focus on sustainable agriculture, things got really interesting when the notion of insect protein in animal feed started to be considered and particularly how they could play a part in making the livestock and aquaculture industries more sustainable. It's actually really quite an obvious solution to a multitude of issues when you understand it. I think it's quite staggering really that we haven't harnessed insects in this way before. So just going back to basics then, what exactly is insect farming and what kind of insects do you farm? Insect farming is essentially rearing insects either on a small scale so you can have very small units in your kitchen if you would like to do that and rear insects for your own consumption or on a commercial scale either for human consumption or for animal consumption and the type of insect really depends what you want to use it for so talking about insects for animal feed the black soldier fly is very much considered the king there particularly the larvae, so talking about the larvae rather than the fly. That's what is most often used for animal feed. It's pretty exceptional in its ability to convert what would otherwise be waste into high quality protein at an incredible rate. And also mealworms are another favourite of the animal feed market or the pet food market in particular. If you're talking about human consumption, then it tends to be, but not exclusively, there are many thousands of species of insects that are consumed by humans globally. But the market that's starting to develop in the UK is around crickets and mealworms. They have a great nutty and crunchy quality and can be flavoured pretty much like crisps, to be honest. If you haven't tried them yet, you absolutely have to. My kids think it's perfectly normal to eat insects. If I come home with a packet of chili flavoured crickets, they're all over that. Sounds fantastic. I'll have to look into it. Just picking up on the animal feed point, I mean, what is the principal animal feed used in the UK at the moment? Yeah, so in terms of protein, in particular in animal feed, 
we're hugely reliant on soya meal in particular. So we import about 70 to 80% of that from outside of Europe, most of which comes from South America. And it's now widely recognized that this is a contributor to deforestation, particularly in South America. Also, fish meal is used. It has a really great nutritional profile, as you would expect. But the harvesting of wild fish to feed farmed fish and animals is considered problematic. There are concerns about the exploitation, the over-exploitation of wild-caught fish and the additional knock-on effect that has on stocks of other wild fish that we catch for our own consumption and also the marine ecosystem in general. So that creates a lot of pressure on our marine ecosystem to fish for types of fish that we don't consume ourselves, but that we feed to farmed fish. So soya and fish meal are used as a source of protein, both in livestock feed, but also in aquaculture as well. So these are two very developed industries that are heavily reliant on soya and fish meal. I see. And then bringing it back to that WWF report that I know you were involved in, why does the WWF see insect protein as the potential future of animal feed? The WWF produced a fantastic report considering the role of insects in animal feed. And it really recognises, first of all, that the global demand for meat and fish is expected to continue to rise. Although we in the UK really are starting to think about our meat consumption and less better quality meat. Actually, what we have seen is a steady rise in global demand for meat and fish, which is not expected to drop off. It's expected only to increase. And that places huge demand on Earth's natural resources, as we know, to provide feed for those animals and fish when we're already hugely overstretched in terms of what our planet can produce in a sustainable way. Do we want to have a planet which is effectively simply just used for the production of food? No, we want to have space for other things, for nature, for all the other things that we enjoy and a planet that is sustainable. This is a real and very serious challenge in how we produce our food to feed everybody in a nutritious way without the enormous pressure on our ecosystems. And we're already seeing and have already seen huge clearing of forests in order to make way for food production. That's what happened historically all over Europe. And we're continuing to see that trend globally in order to meet the demand for food. So insect protein is seen as part of the solution, not a complete solution. There are lots of things that we need to be doing to tackle this, but it is part of the solution to easing pressure on protein required for livestock and fish production. I think in our own food system, particularly here in the UK and in Europe, we have historically forgotten the vital role that insects play in the food chain. If you look at any other food chain in nature, insects will inevitably be a part of that. They are the start and the end of the food chain. The reason that there is no waste in nature is because insects are unbelievably efficient at converting organic matter into high quality protein and they trigger the start of the food chain. And we have simply omitted that from our food system. 
And I think as well, insects can be reared on a number of substrates, just like in nature, a substrate is effectively what they're fed on to rear them. And they convert this to protein really quickly using comparatively less water and land. So it's part of the solution potentially both for the issue of food waste, what we call waste, we mean surplus there really, and not losing those vital nutrients and crucially displacing to some degree at least our reliance on soya and fish meal in animal feed. I see. And it's quite a basic question really, but would there not be a negative impact on environmental issues such as biodiversity? Because ultimately you're using insects for farming rather than allowing them to play their role in the kind of ecosystem? Well, I think allowing them to play their role in the ecosystem in natural habitats is absolutely vital. There's no question about that. If we didn't have insects, our entire ecosystem would collapse. We wouldn't survive. Nothing would likely to be surviving without them. Their role as pollinators, for example, their role as the start of the food chain for most mammals and birds, of course. But when we're talking about insect farming, we're talking about farming in a controlled factory-like setup. It's very similar to vertical farming on that scale. So the whole environment is closely controlled. There has to be, like you would in any other food production system, considerations about welfare in particular and biosecurity. Those are absolutely essential. And we're very lucky to have such a stringent system in the UK that looks at both of those things for livestock in particular. So the risk of there being an outbreak, which needs to be considered, is likely to be minimal. But clearly the relevant portions need to be taken to minimise any risk. So the effect on biodiversity is unlikely to be direct. But we have to consider the energy and the resources that are required to farm insects. That's absolutely key for it to be a part of the solution is to consider the carbon footprint of insect farming. It needs to be contributing to the environmental credentials of the industry rather than detracting from it. So that part of it is key. You can't solve one thing and create another. But the hope is that if we can produce insect protein using less land, less water, and with a renewable energy source, this will create more space for nature and natural habitats and diverse habitats, and that the impact actually will be positive in terms of biodiversity. That makes a lot of sense. Just to ask you one point about that, you mentioned vertical farming. What is vertical farming? So vertical farming is another fantastic technology that has been developed in the UK in particular and globally for some years now, where it is effectively growing food in a vertical manner. So for example, starting with herbs, and other lettuces, and it's grown in a vertical factory-like setting, a very controlled environment. So no soil, usually vertical farms are soilless and with much more focus on much less water. So producing food in a way that's not taking up as much land and water and nutrients, and usually without any artificial fertilizers or of course insecticides. So it can be a great way of producing food in a really environmentally friendly way. And again, is another way that we can tackle food production whilst leaving space for nature and other things as well. And what is the current state of insect farming in the UK? So there are UK-wide operations on a startup scale. 
really showing that you can rear insects for pet food and chicken feed that works both in terms of the numbers and also in terms of the environmental footprint. That industry has had a number of challenges, particularly in terms of the regulations, which I know we're going to have a minute to consider, but it's incredibly resilient and it's been an incredibly determined industry who've really driven to show that this can work. But the current scale of operations in the UK is nowhere near the potential of this industry that could be achieved with the right support that it deserves. You mentioned the potential. I mean, what do you see that potential as being? I mean, how big do you think the insect protein animal feed market could become? The findings of the WWF report were quite staggering. And that was just in relation to the UK. If the total demand for insect meal from UK agriculture is met, around 16,000 tonnes of fish meal and 524,000 tonnes of soya could be displaced in UK feed every year, which is the equivalent to one-fifth of the UK's projected 2050 soya import volumes. So huge figures. And to produce the same quantity of soy annually, the WDF anticipates that would be at least 150,000 hectares of land to produce that much soy. So there is already a considerable market for insect protein in terms of pet food, particularly dog food and treats in particular. And the message from the industry has been consistently clear that it's not the lack of demand for insect protein that is the issue. The demand is there. The ability to meet the demand and to scale up commercially to produce enough for it to be viable is the real challenge here. Yeah, that's certainly a point that we'll come on to. So I understand that the Food Standards Agency has consulted on the British edible insect industry as well as undertaking research into the future of animal feed. But just more generally, I'm picking up on the point that you just made. What is the UK government's position on insect protein feed and insect farming more generally? We've seen that there is at least a recognition that the industry has huge potential in terms of providing an alternative source of protein. So we know that we have a protein crisis. We know that we need to source alternative sources of protein. In Europe, for example, they have an entire report based on how they look at that. And the UK government also has recognised that sustainable sources of protein will relieve pressure related to deforestation and also land degradation and land availability, which is key in the UK. We're an island. Our land is absolutely precious. 70% at the moment is used for agriculture. They also recognise that it's an opportunity to have localised protein production for animal feed. So possibly even on-farm animal feed production. This has the potential to reduce carbon footprints of transporting. So we could go from importing soya from South America and all the issues that come with that, not least the supply issues that do happen, to having a localised protein production for livestock feed on-farm which is already happening in the UK in terms of chicken feed, which is incredible. Some of the literature from the government also recognises that we need a more circular livestock feed uh, production system. So it should be about tackling waste and it should be about ensuring that we don't use, lose those nutrients and that we have a system, a way of recycling that and putting it back into the food system. We waste 
a third of our food at the moment, which is absolutely staggering considering that food poverty is an issue in the UK and yet we waste so much of it. And there is research looking at that particular issue as to what other substrates not currently permitted could be used for insect production. But what we're not seeing is firm commitment to key regulatory change and policy to support the development of this industry. We can flag the problems and we can point to the solutions, which it feels that's being done relatively effectively. This is the problem. This is a potential solution. But we actually need to reform legislation to support the new technologies that are coming through so we can really start to see the agriculture industry changing and having a sustainable food production system. We had a huge shakeup of the agriculture sector through the Agriculture Act 2020 that had a real focus on biodiversity, natural capital, and the idea of public money for public goods. So a reform of financial support for farmers linked to environmental and animal welfare benefits and soil improvement, for example. But we also need to look at the actual production of food and how we make that sustainable, how we change diets, practices to make that sustainable. And insects are central to that. How we feed ourselves is central to the climate and biodiversity crisis. And I don't think we have policies in place at the moment that truly recognise that and the part that insects can play. Just in terms of one of the points that you made there, which obviously was a point also identified in the WWF report, legislation and the regulatory framework. My understanding is that is essentially the greatest barrier, putting aside the policy points that you just made to scaling up insect production in the UK. I mean, how is animal feed currently regulated in the UK? In the UK, we have a very comprehensive and robust legislative framework for food and feed which stipulates exactly what you can, and more importantly, what you cannot feed to farmed animals. And insects are caught within the definition of farmed animals. That legislation is predominantly derived from EU food safety laws, and human and animal health is absolutely the cornerstone of that law. The framework was built in the aftermath of the BSE crisis, and it's what we call the TSE regulations and the process animal protein regulations. And if you want to change that legislation, then the precautionary principle takes precedent. You need to demonstrate that something is safe or that the risks are at least acceptable before you can change legislation to alter those regulations. Even something seemingly as straightforward as feeding dried insects to chickens intended for human consumption is currently not permitted under those regulations because that would be processed animal protein in chicken feed, even though, of course, chickens eat insects. And sorry, what are the TSE regulations? So the current regulatory regime was brought in following the BSE crisis where the feeding of processed animal protein was linked to the BSE outbreak, similarly with the foot and mouth crisis. So in the aftermath of that, whereas previously we would feed processed animal protein to cows and pigs, soil is a classic example, that was linked to the BSE crisis, the outbreak of BSE and the outbreak of foot and mouth and in the aftermath of the BSE crisis, a wave of legislation was brought in strictly prohibiting 
the feeding of animal byproducts or certainly categories of animal byproducts and processed animal protein to livestock and poultry and pigs as well. So the current regulatory regime means that you can't actually feed insect protein to livestock? Yes. And just taking a step back in terms of what you can feed the insects... And what does the regulatory regime allow to be fed to the insects? I mean, you picked up that really interesting point about food waste. I mean, would that be permissible feed? It's certainly a bit of a minefield trying to work out what you can, can't do. The easy answer is that if you want to rear insects for humans or livestock or poultry intended for human consumption, then they can only eat what you can feed livestock as they fall under the definition of farmed animals for the purposes of the legislation. So very generally speaking, vegetables are okay and meat is not. Although that's a relatively simplistic way of putting it, the best source of information on that is certainly a great table that's in the WWF report, which provides a really good overview, talking about other categories other than vegetables and meat. But I think the point is, it's hugely restrictive at the moment. And the regulations don't permit insects to be utilised in a way that they could be deployed most efficiently. We absolutely have to be safe about this. We absolutely have to have the research to support that using food surplus, which may be mixed with certain types of meat, is safe. That's absolutely key, of course. We have one of the most robust food and feed safety systems in the world, and we should use that to best effect to protect consumers, but also to protect the producers of this to show that what they're doing is absolutely safe. But once it is shown to be safe and there's research going on at the moment, we need the regulatory change to support the industry and how effective it could be at looking at food surplus. Are there proposed reforms in the area? Just before we left the European Union, there were proposals to permit the use of processed insect protein in poultry and swine food. Makes perfect sense. Uh, they are insectivorous. They would naturally eat insects as part of their diet. Just after we left the European Union, they then passed that new law permitting that. Unfortunately, we had already left by that point, so we were not able to have the advantage of that legislative change. In terms of UK proposals, there is a lot of lobbying and pushing going on in terms of having a legislative change that reflects what has happened in Europe, not least because they have already set the precedent for that and already done the research and safety research showing that there is the technology now in particular to detect any cross-contamination which would otherwise be a concern. So we know that there is the technology, we know that there is the research. Had we left the European Union slightly later or not at all, that regulatory change would apply in the UK and would give a great opportunity for insect producers in the UK to utilise that regulatory change. So you also mentioned Europe and learning from the EU. Are there any other jurisdictions that the UK can learn from in terms of developing this regulatory space? We could certainly start by moving forward with regulatory change to permit processed insect protein in poultry and swine food as Europe has adopted. And most other jurisdictions permit that. 
But fundamentally, I think we need to be open and better at sharing and recognising substantiated research from other jurisdictions on this issue, particularly Europe. We were perfectly content with European Food Safety Authority's findings before we left Europe. There should be an agreement to share that information if there isn't one so that we can rely on it. We know that they are robust and safe and we could save such a significant amount of time if we were able to do that. The sharing of information, the sharing of research is absolutely key here. We need to show consumers that this is safe. We need to show consumers that this is supported by scientific research and then the regulatory change can happen in relation to that. There are people who would like whole scale regulatory reform and separate regulations for insect feed. But I don't think we should shy away from the fact that we have an incredible feed and food system in the UK and we have world-renowned regulations in respect of feed and food. And we should embrace that and we should support the industry using those regulations to show how safe this is and how it can be used to tackle the climate and biodiversity crisis and the food crisis as well. Thanks, Rachel. And just to draw this all together then, the question I ask all my guests, and I know you've already touched upon some of these issues, but what do you see as the greatest legal barrier or development affecting the use of insect protein as animal feed? A clear, easy win would be amending UK legislation to permit the use of insect protein in poultry and swine feed. We know that insects are a natural part of the diet of both pigs and birds, and we have the research from the EU to demonstrate that it's safe and the technology to support that. This is an absolute no-brainer and we need to do this without delay. And I know that the insect protein industry would also be saying, and I completely agree with this, that we need regulatory change to have further categories of substrate that insects can be reared on safely. Thank you very much for your time, Rachel. Certainly a huge amount of food for thought. 